writing music, I've never like kept a journal or anything like that, but making music has always felt like a very abstract way to kind of process through feelings. And it's sometimes not until I listen to music back or even a couple years later that I'll have some perspective on like what was going on with me. So yeah. it's become this kind of like external hard drive for whatever's going on with me. Um, here I am. Like, it, yeah, just, it, it's, I, it makes me feel a little embarrassed. <laughs> It surprises me a lot. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. I don't. <laughs> I'm not even consciously trying to write about myself, but I'll realize the connections to my life in retrospect. Well... Just walking my dog. I don't have a real agenda for what I'm going to say here, so let's see. We'll just go freely. I guess I always do that in actuality. I do want to say, first of all, that I do have uh, shows coming up on the West Coast. And, and I said this last week, perhaps you heard it last week. I don't mean to repeat myself if, uh, if you feel that I'm doing so, uh, but I do have... Yoni and Getty shows. That's me and Serengeti. We have a little outfit. We have a band. It's a full band kind of uh, deal, so uh, don't feel like it's going to be us with a computer. Or uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that I do that sometimes. I think that works out great sometimes. But uh, this is this is a uh, nice little nice little outfit, and uh, we're going to be doing that in. Uh, sort of starting mid-July, okay? So if you're on the West Coast or, or Southwest, we will be coming at you then. What's this type of uh, This is a Chinese crested. crested wow, th- look at those eyes. Yeah. Beautiful what? eyes. Thank you. Isn't he pretty, or is she, he, she, he? This is a he, yeah. He. He's <laughs> got that little pee-pee. Pretty. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Well, now, what? Now, what type of dog is? She? I don't know. Like a, uh, they told me a husky um, shepherd. Okay. Mix, Real like beauty. A husky, uh, shepherd mix, Real yeah. beauty. All right. Have hey, a good one, y'all. Uh, hey, what's up, man? Uh, I'm at the farmers market now. If you can't tell. Okay. So these shows are starting mid July. Uh, Nashville, Dallas, Austin, uh, San Diego, L.A., Santa Cruz. It only sounds, it only, it only feels just distressed because uh, there's the siren there. Uh, and I'm now entering the farmer's market. After Santa Cruz, it's San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, uh, Salt Lake City, and Denver. And I think that's it. Um, but, you know, you walk a dog around, everybody wants to stop you and say hi when they have dogs especially. And I enjoy that too. There's a certain, uh, I don't know, you get to meet a certain kind of people you would never meet. You know, because your dogs meet or whatever. I guess it's the same thing when you have kids, probably. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've just been tr- sort of trying to recover from the first tour and uh, living my life, doing a little recording and uh, and uh, all that, going to some movies and things like that, uh, the things that you do when you are in your home life other people do other things but that's that's what i'm doing i a lot of recording trying to trying to finish up this y album that we've been working on the last several years 
so that would be nice. Uh, if you hear that music behind me, it's it's the obligatory folk artist at the farmer's market, uh, you know, with the, the, the plugged in acoustic guitar sound that like, you know, you hear like the, the plastic of the strings kind of sound. Um, so come see us on tour, Yoni and Getty. Those of you who saw the East Coast shows, you know, I hope you liked them. And uh, it was great, great meeting you once again. Uh, I don't know what, what to say, really. I, I, I've been just trying to think as much as I can on that, on that grander scale. Get outside of, of the, uh, you know, the smallness of my own little life and kind of think in, in, the, uh, in the billions instead of in the, in the minutia in a way. Though, sort of either direction is the same thing. You go deep enough into minutia or far enough out into the billions and you sort of end up in the... Come on, leave it, Marty. Marty, leave it. Leave it. Leave it. I know how you like a water fountain, but that ain't... Um, so, just trying to think big. And I, I realized, I did realize last night, I was kind of thinking about this and talking to my friends, is like, you know... From a, from the grand scheme of things, history is does really belong to, you know, and 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 is written by the the winners. So you know, if if fundamental uh, violent Islam wins, you know, if if ISIS sort of sort of uh, prevails in 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 the world, then you know the world would be written from that history. And what can we say? That's that's you know, then it'll it'll go down the path that it goes down and collapse how it goes down. You know, like, we we, we have this feeling that, you know, and, and we definitely do have the feeling that it is, you know, it is good to be peaceful. It is good to be kind. It is good to, you know, uh, you know, peace on earth, right? You know, and, and let's, you know, l- give a chance to everyone on earth to, to live and but that's not always the way that nature works, you know. There is there is the idea of of uh, of a you know the asteroid colliding with the other asteroid and everything getting blasted apart and one of them surviving and the other one not surviving and you know um, explosions and in the sky and all that stuff uh, and war. You know, it does happen in in all facets of nature from from uh, you know, microbiology to up to, up to uh, you know, elephants and uh, on Earth, I just mean, you know, that's biggest, smallest to biggest there, you know, or whales or whatever the hell. I don't know that whales war, but maybe they do. Yeah, they probably do for territory. So, you know, I'm just saying, if, if humans bubble up and overpopulate and destroy themselves and are shuffed from the skin of the Earth... Then that's what happens, and and in the in the grand scheme, you know, I, I don't. I'm not saying that life is not precious because I do believe it is, but there will be other life. You know, I think life is fairly unique in the universe. I'm not saying there's not other life in the universe because I believe that there is. Probably there must be. You know, if 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 it happens once in the universe, it probably happens again under similar conditions, and there must be similar conditions elsewhere in this very very large universe 
But, you know, so, you know, that, that in a way, is, and that's not to say that that's not a belief in, in uh, you know, well, fuck it, it's survival of the fittest or whatever and just go in and fucking slaughter everybody. I'm not, I don't believe that whatsoever. I do, you know, I have that peace bone in my body, so I, I think in those terms as well. Um, but that's just to say that if, if shit goes down that path and uh, ISIS does prevail uh, or whoever... You know, I'm only using that example because that's the current, you know, those are the current Nazis or whatever. Then, uh, then that's what happens. And, and then those people write the history and decide on, on, on the lens through which uh, all this stuff, you know, the past is viewed. And, uh, and that's what happens. But, you know, like I said, it's not the hugest thing. It's, it's just... I'm only saying all this stuff to relax about it all, to be be at peace about it all. You know, whatever happens, you go with the flow. You know, fl- fo- go with the follow the river. You know, whatever. Um, my guest today is this is a good transition. Uh, a friend of mine, new friend, sorta, Owen Ashworth, who goes by Advanced Base, and. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. We did we did some touring with him um, on these last Yoni and Getty shows, and it was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure having him along. It was it was a a really good pairing, I think, uh, to have him play a set and then us play a set. It just felt right. Felt right. Um, and just you know, he's a sweetie. He's a real sweetie. So it was nice to get to know him a little bit, and that's, I guess, what I did on this podcast is 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 get to know Owen. So you'll 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 get to know him a bit as well if you don't already. He used to go by uh, the name Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone, and then he sort of then he got married and stuff, and he, you know you can't really call it that anymore. You have a wife and kids, you can't really call it that anymore. It wouldn't make sense. He's not painfully alone anymore. If he was once. Um, but he's a real creative guy, really good songwriter, and uh, now let's just get into it. Let's just go for it. This is my conversation with Owen Ashworth. I got one of those too. Oh Does yeah. Oh yeah. This easy, easy, breezy. I, I use it on my records a bunch. Yeah. In what? In what capacity? Um, it's like a. For, for a room mic, like an overhead, I recorded a bunch um, of piano at the library. I see. Not even, not even like um, found sounds or whatever. Just like as a, as a, as two condensers. Are we doing? Just going? Yeah, we're going. Right, fuck it. Uh, yeah. Like I'll do direct lines on four track, and then use that as like a just a room mic. Okay. Cool. All right, here we go. Let's let's pop in. Hopefully that's tall enough for you. That's where Dave sits, and he's about your height. Oh, it's got that rental smell. Oh yeah. No, no. I just I use that sort of rental smell, rental car cologne. You know. Nice. Um, okay, I, I'm s- sitting here with Owen Ashworth in uh, in the, the the Hyundai Sonata, uh, which is the car that my father has. Actually, but yeah. this is a nicer. This is sort of a 
2017 version, I believe. I've had one of these as a rental before. It's pretty nice, it's a man. Smooth ride. Very smooth ride. I, I was going 100 a lot of the day today. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know why, but I just for some reason I have, feel like I have this need for speed on, on tour. Like I just want to get to the next place. Do you find you will drive faster in a rental car? Well, definitely because my car doesn't just doesn't go really past yeah. sixty five, you know. Yeah, I uh, feel a kind of assumed identity in a rental car. Yeah, like I'm just anybody. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and you also wear the mask when you're, I wear when the you're mask. driving. Yeah. yeah, so that that can make you feel that as well. Um, but you're uh, you're from the Bay. Yeah. Did did, did 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 we know each other there? I mean, I I, I knew of you definitely. But yeah. I don't know. Likewise, we... I don't think we. I don't think we met until we played that show together. I had seen you play for sure. I remember seeing... Where was that? Like a Bottom of the Hill show or something? No, we played in Chicago when you asked me to... Oh, you just mean that? that solo okay. show. Yeah, 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 way later. Yeah. I remember seeing themselves and Hood at the... Remember the Blackbird in Portland? Sure. I lived in Portland in 2001 and went okay. to that show. Okay. And uh, I remember I had heard your music. I heard Cloud Dead. But it was the first time I'd like seen you perform. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was really I, cool. I, I feel like I watched you at Bottom of the Hill one time. Did you used to play there? Yeah, I played there a whole, whole bunch. You too? Uh, yeah, I played there a whole lot too. That was like our, yeah, that was kind of our home home club for a while, uh, for why. Um, yeah, I think I saw you there at some point back in the, in the aughts, you know. I remember another time right after Family and Friends came out. You were playing at uh, Lincoln Hall with Dave. Yeah. And I got down there late, and I could hear Dave playing just one of the beats that I produced. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm on the guest list. And it's like, no, you're not. This is my... I was my... like, that's my... Da, 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 da. And they wouldn't let me in. Oh, and I, my God. Because it was, was sold so out? Bummed. It was sold out. Yeah, sold out show. And it's like, your name's on the list, man. That sucks. So, yeah, I just went home. That's dark. <laughs> that's dark. That's like one. Yeah, that's definitely one of those things, man. That's like in the movie of, yeah. of your life. Yeah. Um, and you're high on crack or something like that. That's probably when I relapsed. Then right, I just like right. right to the corner. Right. So, uh, w what got you started? I, I read your Wikipedia and it said you went to film school. Cool. Yeah, I went to San Francisco State, um, and uh, I had like no real musical training. I didn't do piano lessons or anything like that as a kid you didn't do nothing no like that. okay but then at school i just took like one piano class okay like this is how you play a chord and i borrowed just like a little yamaha keyboard from my my little brother and uh just started making up little songs um yeah just kind so of it snowballed. literally came learning how to play music came right with recording hand in hand yes and i feel like i was completely playing at my maximum ability from right. the time i started like my first songs there was like that's the the best i could possibly do right right yeah just kind of yeah i mean it's it feels a little embarrassing to hear that early stuff but that was literally the first time i tried to sing first time i tried to record like any of that and that was 97 that's what it yeah, said. That's the right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's accurate. Right around where I when I started, and in the same way, like playing at, like to the top of my ability, very yeah. <laughs> very shittily. Yeah. Um, on four track and and yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, man. Same exact era, same exact, probably same same sort of sensibilities in a way. Were you doing stuff on your own, or were you playing with other people? I was doing stuff on my own at first, and mm -hmm. very quickly started started doing stuff with 
uh, with Dose. Yes. Uh, from themselves and Cloud Dead. And um, was that in, you were in college? I was in college. Yep. Yep. I was like freshly out of high school and, and uh, did my first year of college when I, because I graduated high school in 97. That's when I got a four track uh, around like, you know, sometime in that fall. And I started, yeah, started then. Um, but did, did it have just an automatic like draw for you? Yes, I've had a lot of support from a couple of friends early on. I probably, I mean, I, I, you know, college, I picked up and tried a lot of things and immediately put them down again. But music, I had a friends who were very supportive, and it just felt good. And they, I had, like, just a jolt of confidence from people who kept, told me to keep doing it. So, And it felt right? It, it did not, and that oh, was didn't. really... Okay. Something was really powerful about how uncomfortable it made me. Like, performing did not come naturally at all. Okay. And I was very nervous, but I felt like I wanted to try to push through it. But what about recording? Did that feel natural? I did. Yeah, that was... Yeah, the writing and the recording was... I enjoyed more. That felt a little... Yeah. You know, it was uh, just like kind of comforting. And just, like I mean, I feel like writing music... I've never, like, kept a journal or anything like that. But making music has always felt like a very abstract way to kind of process through feelings. And it's sometimes not until I listen to music back or even a couple years later that I'll have some perspective on, like, what was going on with me. So yeah. it's become this kind of, like, external hard drive for whatever's going on with me. I can really relate to that. Yeah. I really can, yeah. It surprises me a lot. Like, it, yeah, just, it, it's, I, it makes me feel a little embarrassed. I mean, I feel like when I'm writing a song, I'm not even consciously trying to write about myself, but I'll realize the connections to my life in retrospect right. a couple years out. Right, and you'll realize maybe even... The ways that you were feeling that you didn't really know. Yes. How you were feeling. Yeah. 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 I can very much relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, I mean, was it kind of like once the momentum got going, you just kind of didn't look back, and that's just sort of what you. I can't. Yeah. I mean. I mean, being thirty nine, and I've been doing this this shit for so long now. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's crazy to me that this is what my life is. Did you did did you have jobs along the way, or yeah. you just kind of kept? I did. I mean, I worked at movie. The- I mean, pretty dumb job. I worked at movie theaters. I worked at a bakery. I worked at a record store. I tried to be like a journal, like a music journalist for a little while, and I did like film reviews. But those are just. I mean, they always just felt like this is how I'm paying my rent while I'm trying to get it together to tour again. Did you always feel like you had some kind of secret when you were working at those jobs? Like you had like a like a secret life that that you didn't really talk about or, or was yeah. it cl- uh, something you talked about well with my friends yeah but i, I felt like I've, I've always been kind of embarrassed about being a musician a little bit sure like it's not something i will like bring up to strangers and being like called out like being at the airport and you have like a you know an amp or a keyboard case right. and someone's like musician huh i was always making up like some dumb lie like no, 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 no. This is uh, my rifle or, right, right. or just something, you know, it just it's felt sad like. When, when when it feels more, like, more okay to say this is my rifle than it yeah. does this is my guitar or whatever. Yeah, just like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I like to get on stage and put my feelings in front of people and right. I'm really going for it. It just felt like that kind of ambition always kind of made me feel very kind of embarrassed. It's a bit but, exposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, I still feel like that's the part that I'm not good at is like promoting myself and just like owning up to it. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to balance like the part of you that is so tender, you know, and, and like, like we just said, like, you know, is sort of pulling out thoughts and feelings that you didn't, that you don't even know are there, you know, to, to balance that part and the part that's like, you know, Hey, come see my show. You know, like it's, Uh it's two very different ways of being that I find it also very hard to navigate. Even now, years later after, you know, doing it for so long, it still feels difficult to do and maintain, you know, always one side wins over the other. And then you, then you don't have enough, you know, either you don't have enough people at your show or you don't have, or you don't have enough tenderness to make music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, that's never very, I feel like, I can kind of just muscle my way through it because I know what I need to do. But yeah, it just like I just feel like garbage trying to promote myself for the most part. Are you uh, you're a big movie movie buff guy? I know I know you yeah. and Dave uh, Serengeti. You know he he te- he's always telling me you know oh me and Owen went to this or that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah felt like Dad's movie club. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Yeah, we, yeah, we go see a lot of movies. Yeah, that I mean that's what I went to school for initially. And that was like high school. Like I was, I'm gonna be a director. Yeah. But, uh, what happened there? I think it realized how expensive it was and how much compromise was involved in it, and how just like it seemed like un, completely daunting. And then I started just writing, and that felt more direct and easier. And then music felt direct and easier, and people would actually pay attention. As opposed to just writing and like trying to get people to read your story, it seemed like right, right, short stories or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to. Do you ever do writing it. for paper? Or, or? You know, I, I, uh, I've, dab- I, I've been doing this thing this year actually, um, where I write a poem a day. For real? Just regardless of how short it is, or like, you yeah. Know, since we've been on tour, I've been doing it, but it's been like one line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. But I'll still kind of title it and, and date yeah. it, you know. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a form of journaling, I guess, yeah. you know. Um, but that's something that my friend sort of got me going on. Um, and we had a group in Cincinnati doing that. And then everybody quit except for me. But I'm still doing it. Um, you know, just, just, just seeing if I can do it for, for as long as I can. That's great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like my writing has really fallen on the wayside. I you know I have kids yeah two and four and just making time for myself for like a regular ritual has been very difficult. I need to work harder on just like setting aside a little time to put something down every day. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice thing to do. I mean, you know, I, I often it it's two in the morning. And I want to go to sleep and I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't do a poem. And then I have to like kind of think about something or, or or look through my notes at something I might have written that day. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, try to get something down, but I just like the idea of the, of the, uh, discipline of it, you know, that kind of thing, just to say, Hey, I sat down and, and, and thought a little bit, you know, today. Is that just for you? Does anyone see what those poems? No one's seen them yet. Uh, you know, I may put together like chat books or something like yeah. that of, yeah. of, of, you know, oh, here's a chapbook of, of May 2016 or whatever, you know. Sweet. Um, My but, mom started okay. doing poetry. Like, after 
I started doing music. She is funny. I dropped out of school to tour pretty much. I okay. took a semester off, and that became two semesters off, and then I just never went back. But uh, my mom started going to San Francisco State after oh, wow. I stopped for poetry. She, yes, and she was having like some of the same teachers as me, and um, it, was, it was really. I don't know. It was. I felt like I, you know, a little bit of inspiration from her kid. My brother's a musician too, so it's yeah. She never did that when I was young, but she's like fully immersed. And she's like, into it poems. now. She's yeah, serious. Gets pu- That's stuff really published cool. and stuff. Yeah. My aunt does, uh, writes poems and gets them published as well. Um, and I, I'm always impressed. I'm like, oh man, it's just it's really cool to read something from from somebody you're close to. Now I'm really not that close to my aunt these days. But uh, you know, even even with that being said, it's really cool to just read it and and you know, sort of see where her head is at in a way. So I'm sure that's yeah. with your mom. That must be really cool. That's nice. Yeah. Is all your family in Cincinnati? No, well, not my extended family. So that that aunt is in like uh, Philadelphia, and m- most of my family. They're, my parents are both from Philadelphia, so okay. most of my family is sort of on that side, Philly or New York. Um, just my my parents and my brother are in Cincinnati. Okay. And my brother's wife. My sister is in the Bay Area still. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I guess she moved out there sometime after we moved, me and my brother moved out there. How long were you in the Bay Area for? I was in the Bay for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like what to what? Like, uh, 2001 until 2010. Okay, we had some overlap then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and when you were touring, when you said you dropped out of school because you, you were touring, you yeah. were touring a lot, did you have a band or were you going solo? It was just me for a long time. Yeah. Like, uh, remember that band, The Rapture? Yeah. They, I went to school with them. They were roommates of mine in San Francisco, so they would, they would just let me come along and open for them. Cool. The shows, which was... Really fun. I think that they got a real kick out of like what an odd man out. I was on a bill, and I had a real sass mouth. And I think they really enjoyed. You would sass the audience, or you yeah, would... Okay. I would get heckled, and they liked how I dealt with it. And I feel so like you get heckled because you were too quiet because they were like just like this weird sensitive dude just yeah, playing yeah. like I was literally playing little battery powered you know keyboards at first until right. you know I had some money to buy some nicer stuff. But uh, and you would do, so. Oh, hold on, I'm just curious about your setup early yeah. on. You would use what, like, like one of those white, like old white Casios. I had like four or five. Or you'd have a bunch of those. Setups. A bunch, okay. yeah. And I just use different beats for different ones and different sounds. Yeah, different beats that were on those keyboards, or you? Yes. Okay. Until I figured out how to make drum machine beats and things okay. like that. But it was a long time. It was a very slow learning curve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would, you know, I feel like. I had a real baby brother relationship with a lot of like friends bands and stuff yeah. where they'd bring me out and I just open up and I still love opening shows like I like It's kind of a lot easier. Pressure's off yeah. and I feel like you get there's a real like people I like people not really knowing what to expect from what yeah. you're going to do. Um but yeah. And you don't have to worry about like are people going to come to the show cuz that's kind of yes. like the headliner's responsibility. Yes. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking well, the pressure. I don't know how much you want to thank me. There's not many people coming to the shows, but you know, 
That's great. We, I am hoping to do some opening slots in the fall. Yeah. You know, solo stuff. Opening for you. We'll see if it happens. But, um, so, so you would have all these keyboards set up. Yeah. Did you ha- were you into the circuit bending stuff that was happening at that era, that time period, or not so much? Not really. I've never yeah. been very good at, like, yeah, just opening stuff up. Yeah, it's, I had I, a lot of half-broken stuff, and I had, like... I would have sounds on tape sometimes, but it was it was so junky, and I really got a real charge out of um, how off-putting it was to people that it was so junky. I mean, I think I felt self-conscious about my lack of ability or lack of nice gear, so I really just like leaned into it right, for a long right. time, and I was like, well, "Like fuck this you, this is, is what I did." Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and yeah, and I think I was, you know, I was very inspired by those like early like Lou Barlow tapes uh-huh. or. Uh, Central Daniel stuff. Johnson, yeah, 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 um, and the Daniel Johnson tapes, yeah, for sure. I had all yeah. those, or a lot of those, not all of them. But yeah, so I, you know, I made three records that were pretty much all just like battery-powered cheap keyboards, and then I bought and a little sequencer. How were you recording those? Like through the air, or th- or <laughs> a, a, from the outs? Um, from the outs, usually direct in or okay. through an amp. Or I had, I would like, I used a little Walkman. Or like a dictaphone as a microphone, and I would put it on the amp, face up, put a pillow over it, and then get the record on, and then line out to the four track. Um, so, so you were getting more distortion. It was more distortion. So yeah. that was that was recording. So the dictaphone was recording the signal coming out of the amp. You're saying yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, or I use an answering machine. Okay. Um, and then cool. I had never. I didn't have a four track until like. 2005 i finally bought tascam 424 mark ii i had that one as well uh, but hold on but you're but how but so how were you rec- what were you recording on you said it i think borrowed four tracks oh, oh, um, okay. or i would f- have a friend come over with his four track and like help me okay or just you know dictaphones or answering machines um the third by the time I got the third album it was pretty much all four track and I was So hold on when you better. when you say you had a dictaphone on the amp were you also recording your vocals at the same time Oh I usually do a separate track yeah okay, just okay. like so distorted yeah, yeah. keyboard and that you know and then the just the preset beats um that's two tracks two tracks maybe maybe I could throw a second keyboard on a third right. track and then a vocal Yeah yeah um and then Got into Korg samplers and drum machines around like 2005. Okay. I feel like that changed everything. I learned actually. They had to figure out how to like, do arranging and yeah. you know programming and all that. And that felt like a new era for sure. So, what 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 was the the drum machine called? The Korg that you got into. The first one I got was an ER one, and then I got an EM one, which was like a sequencer. Um, and had like you had like two mono synths, and uh, it's drum machine. Okay. It's like gray and like that big. Okay. Um, and that there's a Cassio Tone album called Etiquette that came out in 2006, and that was the one that was like I had friends. I actually paid people a little bit of money to help me record, uh-huh. and it was a little more hi-fi. And people said you sold out. Sold out. They did. They really did. <laughs> Um, that's hilarious yeah uh, but uh, that yeah there was a little more attention after that and I started you know being able to do my own tours after that and 
Yeah, it's right. And did you bring a band after that? Started a tour sometimes with a band called the Donkeys from yeah. San Diego. Do you know that? I, I know the Donkeys. Yeah, yeah, we've toured with them. They're awesome. Guys. Yeah, they're great. Love them. Love yeah. their music. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, uh, yeah. We did a couple of tours where they, you know, play a support set and then play with me. Uh-huh. Oh, they um, play in your band as well. Yeah, I always kind of just had pickup bands. I never okay. had like my own people. That K Records style. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's how they all seem to do it. Yeah. Um, I never felt quite as loosey goosey. I always admired bands that seemed like whatever, whatever you, you want. You would always be like, you know, you try to feel loose, but you'd be like, no, Tim, play it like this or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's where the anxiety really started to kick in. Or I was like, oh man, I think I'm a control freak. Yeah. Like, I just started to realize it's that. It's hard when it's your music and you want to hear it a certain way. It's hard to be loose. Yeah. I'm learning how to do it slowly over time, be looser about it. I feel, yeah. I mean, I feel like I am at a place where I have a little more confidence and I. I trust when I'm doing a little more, yeah. and I can let go of the other stuff. But, yeah, I was, I mean, I used to play all these shows with, like, Kyle, like, Little Wings. Kyle Fielding. Yeah. Fielding? Field? Uh, Kyle Field, I think. Field, yeah. And, uh... I love, I, I don't know too much of his shit, but I know that Light Green Leaves record. That's a real good one. So yeah. fucking good. Yeah. He's great. And then met Phil, knew Phil a little bit through him, and, uh-huh. like, Mira, and... There was just, like, a hippie vibe that I was, like, I was a little envious of. I yeah. wish I could just, like, let it they go. They were so loose. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I I was never like that either, though. And, and, and Mira's not... See, I, I, I've i met Mira. I did a podcast with her. Yeah. And Phil. Um, she She's not as loose. That's I don't think. true. Yeah. I think she's more... She she holds the reins a little tighter. Phil, Phil is loose... But also, I feel like a control freak in a different way. Yeah, I hear that. When it comes yeah. to like, uh, like how shit is, how shit comes out, or how shit yeah. is perceived, or you know that kind of stuff. Probably eighty-five percent just talking about Kyle. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he is that surfer real... type dude. Yeah. 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 I like the donkeys, Sam. Yeah. Mellow. Mellow. Very mellow. Yeah. Yeah. They. Uh... I always wanted that. I th- I was. I mean, those those guys went to like high school together, and they've been playing forever. And, and they're from San Diego. That's like San Diego. that's supposed to be the happiest different place spirit, on Earth, right? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I am as someone who's mostly played solo. I am so fascinated by like band dynamics. I love touring with bands. Yeah, and just trying to figure out how they do it. Well, it's, what have you figured out about Yoni and Getty? About so Yoni far? and Getty? Well, I've seen you play with. Uh, Doug before. Yeah. I've not met Matt, but you guys are all very good musicians, and I it's really fun to watch the arrangement, how it happens. I mean, I can sense you have a little that control freak. Yeah. You're very precise, and I appreciate that. Um, I'm always bitching about tempos. <laughs> tempos? <laughs> yeah. I feel like on this particular tour, like, I, I'm just so tempo sensitive. Because I'm drumming, I guess, is yeah. what it is. You know, normally I'm singing, and my brother's drumming. This is a new thing. So it's kind of newer for me to be, like, the drummer. So, yeah, I'm just like, it's too slow, it's too fast, like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, I remember you played with, when we played a show together before, it was, I guess it was Yona Oni Wolf solo. Oh, uh, yeah, me piano, and my brother, yeah. But, I mean, it was so dialed in, and the arrangements were, like, I mean, it felt, like, super precise. Like but was, that that's only because I can't play other shit. It's like I I can't I'm not an on the fly kind of player, so yeah. like, I have to have my shit like this is exactly how I'll yeah. play it. 
I identify like, with that, but you yeah. do. I mean, it's, it, it, was, it was dialed in. So I have to teach rehearsed. my fingers exactly what to do because they, they don't know, like, what will it sound like if I touch this note? Like, yeah. I don't know. I have to just, like, learn it exactly. Not like, a lot of improv. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I, on the drums, I can improv, but yeah. not on the piano. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, did you have, like, lessons? Did you grow up doing music I stuff? I did. I mean, I had, I had brief, brief... Uh, two brief spurts of piano lessons, once with this, like, very sort of Suzuki classical training kind of deal when I was, like, eight or ten, you know, uh, hated it, never practiced, quit that, and then, again, when I was, like, 13 or 14 or something, and then this guy was, like, more, like, a little jazzier, but still teaching me, like, you know, Seascapes by J.S. Bach or whatever, uh, Bartok, Bartok, um... You know, these, like, whatever. I never really learned anything from any of that shit. They all taught, taught me how to read. Still to this day, don't know how to read. Yeah, me neither. Um, and then my dad taught me how to play major and minor chords. Okay, like, yeah. Like, okay, here's C major, here's C minor, you know? Yeah. And then I just went from there with it. Um, how did you end up navigating the keyboard then? If you just basically picked up at... 20 or whatever and said okay now I'm gonna do this it was just figuring out what sounded good and some of that I missed a little bit because I was it was just completely by ear yeah and uh I played some weird chords just because I didn't know what I was doing and I kind of missed that a little bit that's the best though yeah yeah um but then you know I started playing with other people a little bit like there's a band called the Paper Cuts in San Francisco my friend Jason's band yeah Jason's a real good buddy he's helped me real he plays a little bit on some of the Cassie Tone stuff, but I played like in the paper cuts for a while. And that was, I learned so much. Just like I'd really have to work hard to keep up with him. And, you know, I learned, I learned what the chords are called and all that. Yeah. And that was great. That was super educational. Yeah. And then fi- covering songs, just like I download the tablature for this Neil Young song or something. It was, right. Like, super educational. That's, how, that's helpful. I do that. I, you know, I teach kids. Uh, like once a week a little volunteer job um i teach piano and i teach a little bit of drums though it seems like all my drum students have quit or i've fired them uh but i i so i learn songs for them on yeah. piano like you know how do you play you know stay by rihanna or whatever like, yeah, okay. yeah so i'll learn it and you know it's, it's very helpful like adele or whatever you know like learned how to play that song the, the hello song Oh man, that's nice. Kids. It's nice. Do you yeah. just do it like out of your home, or is is how did you start doing? I, that? I do it at this place called the Music Resource Center, which is like a place for kids to go and learn music, basically, or put, make beats and rap and stuff. Oh, that sounds great! Yeah. I'd like yeah. to do something like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they have something like that in Chicago. Um, I, they must. I was, you know, I, who knows? But. Um, so that's been that was nice. I mean, that's been nice to do to do that for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess most of my shit came out of just experimenting as well. Yeah, same thing. Just to sit down and try to see what sounds good. But I I, I remember early on, um, same with me. I was learning a lot. You know, I, I would I started Y as a solo thing. You know, and I made a record by myself. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, when it came time to learn the record, I had a band. I got to put okay. a band together yeah. for that. And, like, all my bass lines, like, once we started playing them, 
live all the whole band was like you can't do this on the bit you know you yeah can, you know shit like that like because i was playing like you know seconds thirds fourths yeah. sixths you know on on the bass or whatever and it it just you know so i've i've learned a lot since then yeah you know um to keep but maybe that's bad maybe it's bad to know too much to know that you're not supposed to do a second on the bass you know when when you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. or whatever like i know that now i didn't used to know that and i would just do whatever felt right I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, it's just different. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I love hearing how people. I mean, I I feel like music is such a personal thing. It's really hard for me to. I've been trying to get better of like playing with people and explain to people like finding adjectives and words for music is like so challenging. But yeah. that's why I think I'm so interested in seeing how bands work. It's just how they communicate and yeah. like, work through stuff. Um, that's that was why I wanted to start Advanced Space. I really wanted it to be a band and play with other people and just band envy. Like after playing, that was, on, so Advanced Space was was supposed to be a band instead of instead of Casio Tone, which was yeah, supposed to be a solo thing. Yeah, it started that way, and then they're good friends of mine. But it was you know at that point I was you know I was in my mid thirties and my friends who were great all had jobs and other stuff going on. Yeah. And touring was like not possible and like i started i got invited to do tours and i would realize that i have to do this solo there's no way i can pay everybody yeah. or people can get time off of work so it totally just defaulted to just being me again so how does it feel different than than, <coughs> than the casio stone stuff can you see can you notice a market difference within your own process or anything like that or not even um, it feels a little, I feel a little more grown up with it. I feel yeah. like the way I write songs are different and way less people come see the shows. It's, it's so like a ca- different Cassio audience. Tone did better. Yeah. Did, did, yeah. did, did, do you have a, a, what label did that stuff come out on? Tom Lab. On Tom and Lab. you were on, you did some stuff sure, with Tom Lab sure. too. Yeah. But in America too? Yeah. Tom Lab, Tom Lab put out, I put out the first record myself just as a CD. Yeah. And then somehow Tom got a copy of it and uh asked to put out the second one and i it was just kind of this weird german electronic label it seemed like i don't know anything about that world and i was felt very skeptical about labels and scenes and i just felt like very much like a weird outlier with my stuff and being on this kind of like context-free mystery label i found very appealing yeah i like the idea like maybe i can go tour in europe so it was always just Tom. I mean, Tom and I got along great, and it was I just rode that out. Cool. Also, I think a real lack of ambition and trying to like wrangle anything else. So right. it worked right. out with Tom, and you know I didn't have to send out demos or anything. So and and did you say you're still working with him in Europe? Yeah, he's he's done the advanced bass records in Europe, but okay. um, yeah, I've been since advanced bass started. I've been putting out the stuff in the U.S. Right. Yeah. In in the Phil the Phil model, yeah, Phil was a real big inspiration. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was very impressed to see the way he did it. And he was, I mean, I used him as a resource quite a bit, like asking him about printers and um, you know pressing plants and things like that. This is Phil Elvrum we're talking about. Yes, to anyone listening, yeah, um, who who had a band called the Microphones and then sort of aughts and then. Ch- change that band into Mount Erie. I don't. Again, same thing. I don't know exactly what what the you know. I don't know if I even asked him what the difference is. What the difference I'm... is in, in his heart. But I, you know, 
Maybe I did ask him. You can go back and listen to that episode uh, 465. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe episode 67. That's a stab in the dark. Um, cool. And do you did you grow up religious at all? Um, I, uh, my parents, maybe when I was in middle school, I think kind of decided like, oh, maybe we should bring our kids to church. So we just kind of out of the blue, we're like, we're going to start going to church. What do you think? And then like middle school went to like, there's Episcopal church. I grew up in Redwood city, like on the peninsula. Um, nice up there, right? Not bad. Yeah. 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 Well, it was kind of pre uh, internet boom. So Redwood City was just kind of like a port town, kind of bland. It was, I felt like, always in the shadow of like Atherton Palo Alto, which is a little like richer and nicer. And that's like. Wait, so it's it's down there near San Jose? Yeah, it's kind of closer to San Mateo. Okay. I was thinking it was up by Marin. Oh, no. Yeah, other side of the bay. This is like peninsula. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, like we went to a church in Atherton and I had like Boy Scouts in Atherton, but uh, we lived in Redwood City. Um, but yeah, so I, I did like Christian, like Episcopal, like youth group and like summer camps and things like just like week long bread camp. It was called bread camp, bread camp. I don't know, remember what it stood for, but i never felt much of a connection to it, but I liked the kids. Yeah. And uh, so kind of through high school. It was like a, I was an acolyte, like carrying the uh, candle okay. and the cross and Christmas services and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So e- I, Episcopal to me is sort of like Catholic light a little bit. Okay. Is that right? I mean, that's, I don't know. That's my. I'm pretty ignorant about it. I always thought Presbyterian was more towards the Catholic stuff, but I honestly. I feel like Presbyterian is more, I don't know, closer to like Lutheran or something. When I When I hear Episcopal, I think of. Catholic, but not Catholic, but like, but you still have like boys carrying candles and shit. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I mean, I've got boys carrying candles like at my house or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, just sort of nightly or whatever. But got you know. it. Yeah. No, 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 no. This way, this way. <laughs> Tyler, no. You grew up. Your dad was a was a rabbi. You read my Wikipedia too. I think I listened to your podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he is. He still is. Oh, yeah. still is. Active. Yeah, yeah. Active Messianic Jewish rabbi. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but do, do, did you carry anything from that religion stuff? Do you still have any? Do do you fall back on anything? Do you do do you have any meditation practices or any anything that feels like you you're connecting to any kind of source shit? I honestly feel pretty spiritually vacant. Okay. Like it's and it's it it's not something I don't like miss it. Like, my dad is still very religious, and it's, like, a really big part of his life. My mom is not. My parents divorced, and, like, my dad took all the religion with him, I felt like. But my mom, not so much. I love religious music. Like, I'm obsessed with Christmas music to this day, and I love... But that's not religious music, is it? Maybe it is. Well, like, hymns, like, the whole I do, like, that's that's my favorite Christmas music. Yeah, like, my mom sang in choir, and we'd go watch her sing in choir, and I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, but... That's yeah. a real Noel feeling. I love it. Yeah. It's like my favorite feeling. It's just like it feels kind of haunted and it's spooky. Yeah. And just he- so loaded, so heavy. Um, but yeah, I start, I mean, once I was kind of out of the house and I went to college, I, I didn't go to church anymore. But like the music is the one thing I really got out of it. But 
Yeah. Just. So spiritually vacant, what does that mean? Like you just don't, <laughs> you just choose not to think about anything beyond the physical, corporeal, and what's around you? I or? guess so. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm a little, like, hippy-dippy, and I definitely, like, trade in vibes more than maybe a rational person should. But, uh, yeah, just I, ne- I don't worry about God for some reason, like, the, or the, you know, the afterlife or whatever it is. It's just, it's come up a, a bit recently. My wife is Jewish, and she would like to, like, we have you know, two, two kids. And I think she'd like to do more like temple stuff. And it's like, do you want to go? And I was like, I'd go to check it out, but I don't, I mean, I don't feel any of it. Like, I think it's interesting and it doesn't offend or upset me at all. It just does not resonate. See, I, I, but I draw this distinction. Like to me, like all that, like, I think there's definitely a beauty in like, uh, the, the, the temple church, that whole vibe, like, of all these people coming together. I think that's beautiful. But to me, that's a separate thing than spirituality in oh, a yeah, way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's more of like a community thing. And like, mm-hmm. like especially with a lot of Judaism, like there's not this, like, okay, how my parents are and like a lot of like, let's say like evangelical Christians and stuff. Like there is like uh, a real heavy, like heavy on like the spiritual side and like transcending somehow and, getting into trances and, you know, speaking in tongues and all that stuff. Maybe that's geared more towards it. But like, I I feel like the, your, your run of the mill church or temple or whatever, it's, it's like a community thing mainly. And and, and tradition roots, you know, having some sort of roots and feeling like you come from somewhere. So I get it in that sense, but I don't know. I feel like, did, did you ever do, drugs psychedelic drugs and stuff like that i, I feel, a ton. I don't know I, I always felt like when i was on that kind of stuff or or you know even just in very quiet moments and you start or or or, or, or even just you just like hear stuff about uh outer space and science and uh-huh. you know that always like made me like really think about just what was beyond my scope yeah and like wonder about what's beyond my scope of understanding. Um, so for me, that's like where my, I would say my spiritual side is sort of in more of that, that there's just so much stuff that we don't, we don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I love wonder. Yeah. I enjoy nature. I yeah. can get down with like staring at a meadow for a while. Yeah. Um, music, I feel like is the closest thing I have to any kind of spirituality where it's Absolutely. just, it's so overwhelming and I feel like all of my emotions and senses are engaged, but I absolutely feel that. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't, I don't feel right calling it spirituality. I don't know. Right. I right. honestly feel like I'm missing that part. But I feel like that word has been co-opted yeah. by by you know institutions that don't necessarily have have a, a, a an understanding of that or don't necessarily um I mean who am I to say who who has an understanding of that or not but I feel like the institutional stuff that there's a stiffness to it and yeah. there's like a you know anytime you have uh sort of uh theology at like the, you know, the, or, or, um, I can't think of the word, but like, this is the procedural that we do. Yeah. You know, I think you're missing out on, on, on the sort of true wonder underneath everything. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's what I, 
Yeah. I would like to talk to religious people. I've always been afraid to really talk to religious people and like, what do you actually think is going on? What are you actually feeling? Why do you think there's God? I, I feel like I'm too, with my dad in particular, and there's like, well, my dad, his dad was Mormon and like defected from the church, like bailed. And so there's, we have all this Mormon family. There's no connection to, and there's a lot of religion in the family, but I've always felt like I would have picked you out as Mormon from like a mile and a half. For away. real? It's no. interesting. <laughs> well, there are a ton of Ashworths in, in Salt Lake city. Yeah. Um, I don't know any of them, but, uh, yeah, I, I would love to talk to religious people more about it, but I'm always afraid of like offending people. Like that was the thing is like, I would go to church as a kid and I didn't feel any of it, and I just kept my mouth shut about it because I felt like, am I the only one not getting this? Um, but see that right there, like the fact that 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 you feel like you could be offending someone by your truth or your or your, yeah. you just being honest. There's something wrong right there with that situation. For sure, you know yeah, saying? yeah. I really should just. Add, I would like to talk to my dad about like. You should. It's your dad. What? I should, yeah. It's just the thing we just don't really talk about. It. That's it. I can't talk to my parents about it. Is you that know, so? Because they're deeply religious and into what yeah. they're into. And, like, I mean, we get in arguments constantly about yeah. whether it's po- politics, because they're, they're quite right-wing and I'm quite okay. left-wing, you know. Um, or, or, you know, you know whether evolution happened. Yeah. What, you know, just things like that. I can't talk about. And then huh? even to, you know, if I was to ask my dad, like, what do you really think is, you know, he like, you know exactly what I think is going, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's, it's very black and white, you know, with, with, uh, with him and in that, in within that, that stuff. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to, you know, him to be offended by me saying that, but I think for, that's my impression is that it's kind of like, this is what is. And for me, I, I'm so like, you know, I'm I'm so gray and open to like I just don't know, but yeah. I but I like to think about it. Yeah, my parents are, are very pretty liberal, very similar politics. It was just with my dad, it's just the religion is the one thing we just don't connect on. And I felt bad and embarrassed, not embarrassed. I just felt like I was definitely disappointing my dad not being religious, and I was just like, sorry. Yeah, but we just. It was just kind of thing I could tell it disappointed him. We just never really talked. He was cool about it. I didn't feel a lot of pressure, but we just never talked about it. I really should. I should call my dad and make him explain it to me. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to talk about because, especially if it's something that, you know, yeah. I mean, he may get defensive. You know, why are you asking me this? You know, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I don't it, know your dad, but, you know. He's all right pretty good guy people tell numerous people through my life have told me your dad reminds me of my dentist okay he just has like a real dentist energy what is he what's his job he was like he worked at raycan he worked like a tech company's kind of middle management okay um he started as a high school science teacher and then i think once fucking walter white dog walter white (laughs) but yeah once once i was on the way i think he was like i need a real job something a little more stable and then i think just like did the most responsible like provider thing he could and just got like an office job yeah um he's a really good guy He, he is a very responsible guy in ways that i'm absolutely not like i really admire that about him how do you, what do you mean you're not, like, within, oh, within a, your family? Just a financial tornado. <laughs> you you're just not making, you're not bringing home the bacon. Yeah, well, my, like, my mom's side of the family is a lot more, like, creative. Like, I have a grandpa. My grandpa was the first guy who 
kind of got me into music was he was in barbershop quartet and he was like oh, a nice. photographer and just like just a real uh whatever artistic guy <laughs> yeah 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 and that's like the that's the artistic side of the family yeah okay so you got that i got some of that did you know that when you were a kid or did, or was like not until well you went to film school so yeah I you did yeah a sense did you ever do like visual art as a kid where you took a drawer kid? i draw like I, I still i make zines and stuff yeah. like I, I really like drawing a lot my brother too he's yeah um did you ever collaborate with your brother did you ever have a uh, an artistic relationship with him he's done a couple tours with me like in my band okay which is great and uh we've uh done a couple little recording projects together he's like in a black metal band and he okay. does like kind of like drone and experimental music i like his stuff a lot but it's like you know very abstract compared to like what i do yeah is yeah. is he still in the bay he lives in portland oregon okay yeah um but yeah but we i try to tour with him as often as we can get away with it because i feel like on that level we get along super well and we want the same things out of touring. Um, women, wine, women, wine, whiskey. And, yeah, whiskey and wine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he. I feel like we're both like tourists in the same. Like we both like eating weird food. Yeah. And we both like looking at uh, like urban decay. In what's the same your way. What's your favorite weird food? What do you What do you like? Oh, like, well, what do you like? An octopus guy or like squids or something there. I am very into like uh, African food. It's kind of like the ideal, like trying to find uh, like Ethiopian or um, like like or Mediterranean, like Sudanese food. That's what really you look into. for. Yeah, or or you know, what's Sudanese food like? Uh, uh, very like plantains and and uh, beans and things. Or it's I had Sudanese falafel last time I was in Germany, and it was like. A lot of falafel-y stuff and a lot of, like, the little salads, like the pickled things. and um, But there's, like, peanut sauce. So there's, like, African element with, like, yeah. peanut sauce yeah. and everything. But also, like, kind of like some Turkish or well, the Arab, the, the, the Arab influence that they... Yeah. It's a, you know, half-Muslim country, I guess, or was. I guess that now they have South Sudan, right? Am I talking out of way know. out of school? Here? I don't know, man. You're, I, you're as far teaching as I me know, things. As far as I know... Sudan, the north of it was mostly. I'm probably thinking of a different African country. This is how fucking sad I am. <laughs> but I think the north of Sudan um, was Muslim, and then the, the south was was like tr more tribal Dinka. And I, I read a book. Yeah, I read a book by Dave Eggers. Um, oh, what was the book? What is the what? Yeah, I haven't read but Dave I think, Eggers. I think since then, I think they had civil war, and I think they split off into a Muslim side and a, and a sort of more tribal side. Um, anyway, right. anyway, um, so that makes sense to me that they would have the, the sort of Arab, you know, Moorish influence yeah. of the falafel and stuff, yeah. but then have the African stuff. This, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a big fan. I mean, art, music and food are kind of the ways I, and you know, art, visual art. Yeah. That's kind of the way I can kind of appreciate cultures i'm like politically i'm not very politically minded at all yeah not very That's historically tough for me too yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't yes i i it's just it seems to me a bit like and i don't mean to be offensive to anyone that's into politics like it's fine but there's like there's like a a, a uh 
this is this sounds terrible. There's like a triviality to it to me. Uh-huh. Like I, I I believe in things artistic and spiritual and yeah. like um I don't know. I feel like all that other stuff. It's so important, I guess, because you you are deciding on roads and bridges and stuff. Yeah, which everyone needs. But I don't know. There's something about it that that just. It just seems like abstract, like just the same with like anything f- sort of financial, with just like money going back and forth yeah. to places. It just feels like, what is the importance of this? It's just really about sort of, I don't even know. I can't even understand yeah, that's it. that's not where my mind is. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think another thing that really feels, appeals to me about touring, the same with my brother, is I love just the basic survival element of travel where it feels like, You've broken your life down to such, like, basic things. You have, like, point A to point B and, like, figuring out where you're going to (laughs) sleep. Just, like, really basic human interaction and maybe where you're going to eat. And I love how simple and straightforward life is with touring. You you can't think about the other stuff at that point. You're just, like... But that's why coming off tour can be tough because then you're, like, thrown back into your real life. With all the minutia of your life. Yeah. 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 You have bills in the mail and you have whatever, things that you have to, you know, you got to call the insurance company and you got to do all this. Like, yeah, tour is kind of like just day by day. Like, it feels I, like caveman living. It's caveman living. It's like I got through this day. It's hard. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's very tiring, but it's simple. Yeah. Very it's, simple. It feels like my dad is a real outdoorsman and we would camp a lot as a kid and I feel like touring is my version of that. It's yeah. kind of like urban camping. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you're also staying in, in, in sort of makeshift tents outside of the venues and stuff. So that usually building a lean to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That could that could add on to that. Um well what's 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 next for you? Like do you have anything on the horizon that you're planning on doing? Are you working on more records? You have a well. There, I have this. Actually, a, there's a live album coming out next month that I recorded with a full band. I'm very excited about. Nice. Like I recorded most of the last Advanced Bass album myself with like I'd get a friend to play on like one song here and there, but for two shows last Christmas, I roped in five friends, and we just had like very intense rehearsals and just played two shows as a six-piece band and it was incredible and we found out afterward that the second show got recorded by the sound man and it's amazing beautiful recording he just sent us this like you don't even have to do anything it was just like it's already done well we mixed like mike mike adams my friend mike adams was playing the drums and he uh he mixed the show okay and uh it was so good and i feel like it's a very expensive sounding recording yeah that my albums usually aren't so we're putting it. I'm putting it. But it out. wasn't expensive. It's free. Yeah, it's great. It's free as hell. Yeah. So that's coming out, and I'm I'm do. I got a lot of uh, uh, writer's block problems lately, or have not been writing much. So I've been throwing myself into drawing and visual arts. That's great to have to snap a, a my... backup thing or or a side another thing that you can put into artistically. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to finish a little book of drawings right now. And then once that's done, I'll try to write some more songs. Do you think you'll ever do movie stuff or video stuff? Because I mean, now you could shoot something on your iPhone. That's you know? true. Yeah, I just I feel like all that. I love movies. I think I kind of realized that I'm just a fan of movies. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have to try everything. I feel like 
there was a long time where I tried to do everything. Yeah. And regardless of how good I was at it, and I'm just, it took me, you know, 39 years when I'm figuring out the few things that I can really engage on in a way where it feels productive and I'm making something that is interesting to people. And, you know, music, maybe drawing are those things. So, I, yeah, I love movies, but I just, I go to the movies with Dave. And yeah. that's my time with movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, I forget what the question was. Well, I was just asking what's what's you're working on in the in the in the future. Oh yeah, yeah, there'll be another advanced bass record one of these days. Cool. I still love just touring. Like playing live is like such an important part of my emotional life. It took me a long time to figure that out because it was my job for a really long time, and it was very yeah. frustrating. And it was just full time, and I stopped enjoying it. And now that, like I'm, I'm a I'm like a stay at home dad half the time, and then I tour as much as I can. But when I can, it's so fulfilling and engaging and just like an emotional way that yeah i love that music like it feels good again like it, it stopped feeling good when it was like my full-time job has your family come to your shows um once my little kids came to the show yeah and they're like running around and your wife my wife likes my music yeah it's cool <laughs> she's into it but it's just hard because you got to be a babysitter and then you know you pay a babysitter, and you're I'm kind of breaking even on shows, right? With all that, right? So um, every once in a while she'll come out, but she likes it. And she's super supportive, which That's is cool. awesome. That's yeah. cool. I really, yeah. I think it'd be really hard to do this if if she wasn't, you know, into it. Did she know that you did that when you met her? Yeah, she, okay. she yeah she knew my music already, and she liked it. Yeah, cool. she probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't have messed with me otherwise. Wouldn't have talked yeah. to you otherwise. Okay. <laughs> And how did you and Dave meet? Just as as because I, I just oh, thought yeah. to ask that. Tony Trim. Oh, uh, Tony. Yeah, I think Tony set up a show at the Empty Bottle years ago, where he's like, "I want you to, you should meet my friend Dave," and we just talked that night. And uh, did he already know your stuff? Dave knew it a little bit. Yeah, this is Dave is Dave is Serengeti. Serengeti. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe we played another show together, and then he just emailed me. He's like, "Do you want to try to make music together?" It's like that was right when Cassie Tone was ending, and I was. Like yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. I have the I have these beats. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. How about you? How did you meet him? Um, I I guess I met him like from um probably right around that same time. Oh yeah. Be- because you know he he got put on the table for Anticon. Okay. That was the first time I was really aware of him, and I think that was like yeah, 2009 or something. I don't know. Uh, around then, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and I just like looked at his stuff and I was like, Whoa, this is cool stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, we, we had talked about working together on something. I guess we had done, we brought him on tour, I believe with, with, uh, Polyphonic, him and Polyphonic. Oh yeah. Yeah. I oh, think... that's yeah. The first time I played with Dave, it was Polyphonic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we brought them on tour. So I mean, that's how I met him. And okay. then we had talked about working on some stuff. He was basically putting together his producers for family and friends. And yeah. you wanted me and you yeah. and Sufjan. And that's what I... That's right. Yeah, I forgot it was supposed Sufjan to be the three like, of us. Yeah. And then the Sufjan stuff was like unfinished yeah. by the time we were done with what we did with him. Yeah. And then that ended up turning into Sisyphus. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um... I'm so proud of that Family and Friends record. I really love it. Great record. I really love it. It's a great record. Yeah. Yeah. It. It. I think the two of our styles really 
uh, meshed really well. I agree. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun kind of getting, like, Dave would come over with, like, the new stuff he's working on with you. Yeah. And then we would go work on ours, and it, I felt like, this is going to come together really nice. Yeah. It felt good. It did, man. Kinda, great I record. felt like not knowing you, but yeah. kind of working in tandem with Dave as kind of, the, like, the middleman was totally. really interesting. Totally. Totally. Well, I, you know, we're we're at we're at about an hour here, so we should we, we should probably it. close up. All right, and it's getting hot. Is it getting steamy it's in getting here? Getting steamy. It's a little in the, jungly in, the, in, in here. In the Hyundai. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I've been sitting in in uh, in the in our little tour car with with Owen Ashworth in Cleveland, Ohio, outside the Grog Shop, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you for sure. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for doing it. My pleasure. Say bye to these people out there. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks, you guys. I hope I didn't offend anybody with that uh, intro uh, about, uh, you know, who cares if ISIS wins or something. And that's not what I said. That is not what I said. But, you know, I- I'm only saying not not to let all that stuff drag you into the muck. And I'm not saying to ignore it. You know, it's dark shit, right? But, you know, you got it. you're still living your life. And uh, until you're not, and you want to live it in a way that that uh, you know you're happy and all that, and you know, don't 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 let that stuff drag you down, because then then uh, then terrorists have won, right? Uh, and there's always going to be something bad happening somewhere in the world. You know, that's just the nature of reality, I think. As much as I understand what the nature of reality is, I really don't, to be honest. And the older I get, the less I do understand, or the more I understand that I don't understand, rather. All right. Well, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Cincinnati, and I'm out walking the dog still. So I'm going to get back to that. I'm drinking a San Pellegrino and uh, just looking classy in the park at the farmer's market. So I'm going to rub shoulders, slash elbows. Oh, soon, I am going to... I'm signing up for this thing called Patreon, by the way. Uh, this is a little sort of afterthought, but... Uh, yeah, if, if that, that's, that way, if you guys want to support the podcast um, on an ongoing basis, it's a pretty cool way for me to make a little money because I, I'm looking into the idea of... Um, if I do get a little bit of money for it, I'll spend it just straight on the podcast, just... It just fly to places and and interview people I'm I'm interested in, but wouldn't otherwise meet necessarily. Um, if if I uh, didn't have the cash to fly out and do it, so yeah, just putting a little more time into into uh, into doing that. Uh, Marty, come here, leave it, leave it, leave it. All right, you guys have a great week. Keep wandering.